you're on the air. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm very good, how are you? Good, how can I help you? I just wanted to call and say thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, this is John Edward calling. I'm so humbled that you invited me on your show. Thank you so much, and good luck. Thank you. you you're the best. All because right. that's, you are All so right. right. You're right on the tee. You have not said nothing that I don't know anything about. Your colors are fantastic. That's wonderful. You know, I feel a lot more comfortable. I felt good tuning in. Uh, I just got good energy when the reminder of the show came across my profile. And uh, the fellow hosting it has had really great guests and good energy. And, you know, it it, it feels really good. Uh, May everybody's heart's desires uh, be divinely blessed. Good. Good. Thank you. I want to thank you so much for giving me a chance to be on your show. I really enjoyed it. Uh, thank you so much, Tori, for joining me. Oh, it was a pleasure. We could have done two hours, Michael, you know? <laughs> one more. One okay. Please, don't it be me. It is you, dear, 727. Oh, my God. I was just, I didn't think I was talking to anybody. <laughs> you were talking to Michael. Oh, I my God. Hello, everybody, and welcome. It is Monday, March 26, 2012. You listen to Be The Light Now Radio, and I'm your host, Reverend Michael. Hopefully everyone has had a great day. Excuse me, let me go ahead and bring this outside so I can uh, do the show for y'all. Alrighty. Had to bring it outside now. Louis watching TV, so this way I don't have to worry about telling him to turn it down. He's been a little cranky today. 
So hopefully everyone has had a wonderful weekend. I know I have. Let me go ahead and find out where my guest is in the queue here. Help me welcome to the show, everybody, Joe Maldonado. Hopefully I have that correct. Hi, Joe. Hi, Michael. How are you? Thank you for having me on your show. Thank you for joining us. How are you this evening? I am quite well, thank you. It's a great way to start off the week. Oh, yes. So tell everyone a little bit about yourself. I am an an animal reader. I combine intuitive and behavioral readings that I receive with um, animals and the energy that people um, have with animals as they connect to each other. And I work with animals that are on this plane. I work with animals in another plane, uh, the, the deceased plane. And sometimes I just work with people, helping them shift their energy so that uh, their animals can behave better. That's kind of interesting, communicating with animals. How long have you been doing this? You know, oddly enough, animal communication is something that I've been doing probably for about seven or eight years. I had um, a marketing and public relations agency uh, a while ago, and I had that forever. Um, as we moved from Michigan, from Pennsylvania to Michigan to Florida, I finally closed down the agency here and opened up a program called Centers for Animal Therapies. And um, by default, I started doing uh, animal communication uh, through the program. But the program is really set up to offer educational classes for people so they can get a little bit more knowledge about their animals, about nutrition, about training, about behavior. And it's, it's geared for the general public. So I am one of the teachers. I am the facilitator. Um, but on the side, I, I actually work a lot with, with private clients. So what's the uh, best part of the job that you like? The best part? Um, I think it's the satisfaction that I see once I am able to shift a person's energy um, the animal changes immediately, and then the person changes. So as the person becomes calmer, more centered, and more balanced, the animal becomes more responsive and not as much of a challenge, and then the person changes. So it's it's just so, so rewarding to see how people are changing and how they're telling me their animals are changing as a result of something that I've done to work with them. Cool. And does the animal have to to be there when you're... you're um communicating with them or were you no, just able to pick no. up no no not really i mean it depends on what i'm doing um if i'm working specifically on energy then hopefully yes it's a it's a live animal and then i work with the two of them together but a good part of what i do is um with pets that have deceased already um that are or are are dying and the owners just don't know how to cope with the situation so i just need a photo Sometimes just a name works, but mostly just a photo is good enough. Okay. And what's the uh, the least thing that you like about doing this job? You know, it's it's funny. The the <laughs> um, I think it's kind of frustrating, you know, because the people always say when they have a a challenge with one of their animals that it's not them, it's the animal. I know that you know it could be a genetic thing with the animal, but I know that it's always, always part of what's going on with their relationship with this animal is as a a result of something that's going on with them in their lives. So sometimes it's a little bit frustrating because it takes me a little bit longer to get to the source, which is 
you know, well, this is an issue that we have to deal with, that you have to deal with, and I'm um, opening up for you through your animal's eyes. So that's a little bit frustrating. And, you know, the other thing is that people always ask me, I have an animal that's dying, how do I know when to put it to sleep? And I will never answer that, but it's it's just a sad question. You know, people um, have all kinds of emotions that are that are very, you know, open at that point when that happens. And it's really, it's never, ever, ever up to me to, to make that call. Yeah, that's hard. I've got a, an old uh, dog with me, and... Uh, you can tell. You can tell when she's not feeling the greatest. Yeah. And it's like I'm yeah. going to dread when I have to go ahead and put her put her to sleep. Yeah, I mean, and some of them, some of them, you know, just check out by themselves. They know that uh, I've had a lot of experiences with these actually that that are in the process. They're very ill, and um, rather than putting their owners through, um, you know, the troubles of making that decision, they'll just check out before them. They'll, they'll just, that's it. You know, the next morning the owner wakes up and they're gone. Physically they're gone. But usually, um, you know, I can kind of tell because they kind of do a separation from uh, the, the mind and the spirit and or, or the body and the spirit. You know, they detach. Any animal that has any kind of severe pain endurance that they're going through will automatically do out of body. And it's almost like they're up there looking down upon themselves. You know, so it's, you know, I can kind of tell when that's happening because it's, you know, it's a very easy thing if you're working with, um, you know, past animals as well as live animals to, to you know, get a hold of that. Cool. Now, how old is your dog? She's uh, 15. She was born sometime this month. Okay. Wow. Sometime this month. <laughs> yeah, we Another found her birthday. as a stray, so. Awesome. That's very awesome. Now, she wouldn't happen to have any white in her fur, does she? Oh, yeah. Uh, is it like a medium longish fur? Uh, yeah, she's a shepherd mix. Okay. So there is a little bit of brown in there also? Yeah. Okay. All right, because I was getting her, I always ask for, um, you know, something before I go into a session. And, um, you know, I just I got a dog that is... Um, you know, I, I always see them as as though they are people. Um, so they kind of show me themselves in caricature. So if I was to see her as a person, it would be someone that's very well, I would use the word traveled is what I'm hearing to say, very well traveled, um, that's been around, um, kind of has very good etiquette, um, very intelligent, um, and it was is this primarily your dog? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Do you have any other questions about that? <laughs> uh, just wanted to know how you know how she's doing because you know I mean I can see what she's going through at times, but it's just mm-hmm. kind of hard to know what she's thinking and all. Well, you know, this is the other thing that I run into very frequently for um, an animal that has lived with her humans for a long time. Um, they, a lot of them will also hang on because they don't want to put their human. It's like the other side of what I just said before about them checking out early. Some of them, it's, it's either one or the other, it seems. Um, some of them just, you know, will hang on just because they know the time is not right for them to leave yet. They still have to do a little bit more work. 
Um, I've seen animals that people have spent thousands and thousands of dollars, um, you know, on doing chemo or radiation on their animal, you know, if they have cancer, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, the, the animal starts hiding from them and running away from them, won't come out from under the bed or under the chair. And it's because they know that the process, this whole process of trying to beat the cancer is so devastating to the human. Once the human relaxes and says, you know what, let's just do this on your timetable, nine times out of ten the animal will come out of hiding and will start rebonding with that person again. And then they'll leave when when they feel the time is right. It's very interesting to see this. Yeah, I had, uh, yeah I had a miniature of dots, and he, when it was his time, he just went. His little heart just stopped, and that was it. Yeah, we have two miniature dachshunds. We're getting a third one here, and then we also have a great Pyrenees. So it kind of, you know, we got the grand, and then we got the little minis. You know, it's that's a great breed. The little miniature dachshunds—they're really tough guys. Yep. Yeah, he was uh, he was up there in age too, and then his heart finally just uh, gave out on him. Mm. Mm. So yeah, she's the uh, the longest the longest one. We had uh, we also when we had her spade, we found a. Um, the vet found uh, a black lab mix that was abused, and oh. um, they found the owner, and the owner was like, oh, don't worry about it. It's like my boyfriend, when he gets drinking and drunk, he hits on her and throws her out oh, and she'll come home, and they're like, uh, no, you're not getting this dog back. Right. So right. they gave us to her, and she was about two years old, and we had her up till about um, eight years ago when oh. we had to put her down. She had abdominal cancer, mm-hmm. and it was right before we were moving. But I'm sure with each animal, you probably see the same thing as I do. Um, each animal brings, like, a whole myriad of, of lessons for us. You know, that that is my belief, that prior to coming on this earth plane, that, you know, these guys, the animals have made packs with us. It's kind of a spirit-to-spirit pack, you know, that when they get here, there's X, Y, Z that they have to do. And... Um, it's very interesting, you know. They they don't check out until they do X, Y, Z. So I'm sure there's lots of lessons that you've learned with your labs and your dachshund, and and now with with this um, with this little guy that you have with you now. Oh yeah. And what is what is your dog's name? Uh, Princess. Princess. Like that's what I, okay. I kept hearing the word P, and I'm thinking Peter, Peter, <laughs> Petersburg. Where am I hitting P? It's Princess. Got it. Yeah. And like you said, with her, with etiquette and all, uh, we used to kid around because she doesn't go ahead and eat like normal dogs. She would actually mm-hmm. go ahead and um, lay down and put one paw on one side of the dish and her other paw on the other side and sit there and dine. Dine, yes, yes, that's exactly it. You know, okay, fit for royalty is, is the phrase that I was hearing that actually, I guess, um, goes with her name, Princess. I think she really... Um, has lived up to that. Yeah, she definitely uh, would just, like I said, sit there and dine when she's eating. And, um, you know, it's almost like when she would walk to, I mean, for a shepherd, she looked like she was prancing. Wow. wow. Now, uh, I don't know why I'm getting this image of, of, of a very <clears throat> stoic-looking dog with um, wind blowing in its fur, um, either up on a rock, up on a mountain, up on a hill, um, you know, with grass or... You know, and I, and I was trying to, to pinpoint why am I getting fur blowing in the wind? Um, is this a dog that sticks its head out the window, perhaps? Or oh, she loves that. Yeah, I, it's I, and I know a lot of dogs do. I happen to have 
three dogs and none of them like that, none. They won't even look out the window when we're driving. So it's, it's kind of interesting. I always assumed that all dogs like that, but apparently not. Um, yeah, you she still likes take to. Her, oh, yeah. You still take her for rides and everything. Yep. Yeah, yeah, still take and, her for the rides. And she. Oh, it's interesting, too, because when she's had enough, put her head out the window. Uh-huh. She'll come behind us, uh, the driver's seat and sit there and, and look out the window. Awesome, awesome. Now, was there any ice cream in the in the treat factor that went along with that ride? Uh, no. We well, we'd stop and go get ice cream for us, but we'd go ahead and go to like Dairy Queen or someplace and get her an order of fries. Uh, okay. Well, she never had the ice cream. She just had to watch you guys have the ice cream, and she was never able to have it. No. Okay. Well, is there a reason for that? Because um, we'd get chocolate ice cream for us. Okay. Well, vanilla ice cream on a little dish would be really good, the creamy kind. You could probably even fake it with yogurt if you wanted to, but um, it's really interesting because I assume when 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 she's telling me the ice cream on this ride that, you know, she got a little dish on the side, and, but she got the French fries. Ice cream would have been good, too. Yeah, I never thought about getting her uh, vanilla ice cream. Yeah, yeah. That would have been good. Well, you know, yeah. next time around. Oh, yeah. You might want to do a little meal for her, you know. <laughs> so, would you want to go ahead and take a couple of calls? Sure, that'd be great. Okay. Hello, Cindy, you're on the air. Hi there, how are you? Doing great. Hi, how can we help you? Yes, I was the person that wrote in the chat room about the animal that's being abused by its owner. Oh, okay. Oh. So can you answer a question regarding that? Um, I'm not familiar with that, but can can you just give me a little bit of background and then tell me your question, please? Well, there's um, there's an animal that lives, uh, I live on an island, and there's an animal whose owner is uh, uh, abusing the animal by ignoring it and not feeding it. So um, a bunch of people have gotten together and have taken over, you know, making sure that the animal is fed, but the animal is really... Um, uh, practically half dead at this point, and there doesn't mm. seem to be anything people can do to take him away from its owner. Mm. Have you have you worked with, um, I'm assuming you have already tried working with the local animal control they, They've tried, uh, well, it's, it's another group of people who live on my island who who mm. sort of rotate, take turns watching the animal, and, and they've tried mm. everything, and nothing seems to, no one seems to be able to do anything. Mm. Aside from stealing the animal in the middle of the night, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the animal um, is chained, chained to its house. I was going to ask you if it's tied to something because I, I, I was seeing that it was um, not chained. free and able to run, but it was rather tied to something. Um, what was your question? Well, the question is, uh, can you tell me why you know this is occurring, and is the is the lesson for the owner? I'm sure it's for the owner as well as the people who are trying to help the animal. Uh, it's it's the dynamics are quite interesting, you know, because all of these people are getting involved and upset about it. So as you were saying, yeah. you know, who's well, getting? Well, you know, the big lesson that I'm hearing for everybody, and unfortunately, it's a lesson that. I myself <laughs> learn on a daily basis is that not everything is within our control and not everything is up to us to decide what the total outcome would be. Um, you know, there's only so much that we have power over and really what we have power over is ourselves. And although um, this is a situation that, you know, your heart goes out to this animal and I've I've seen and heard about these kind of situations, oh my goodness, so many times. 
And, you know, the law is really strict about that, about taking over animals. And I've had people, you know, that have told me they have a neighbor next door or or a couple houses away that keeps, you know, an animal locked up in the porch and doesn't feed it for days and there's no water for days. And, you know, neighbors would try to come in and give it water. And I've I've also had people that have had... um, have contacted me about animals that are tied up in the backyard and there's no water, there's no food, you know. And even though it's it's in the best interest that you all are seeing this as a group, sometimes it's it's very hard to to admit that there's only so much you can do. And then there's also the spirit of the animal. Um, I do get that this animal is is pretty much at at an end point that it's been suffering a while. Um, it's, a, it's actually a ram. It's it's not a dog. It's a ram, not a dog. Yeah, or a I didn't I didn't think it was a domestic animal. I didn't okay. feel like that, but I, I didn't pinpoint it yet. I wasn't honing in on. That. I was really getting more in the spirit of it, and okay. the spirit it just feels, you know, like it's been through a lot of suffering. Um, the the owner, the human owner of this animal, I really. Unfortunately, it doesn't feel like that uh, that human is going to learn anything from this situation other than, you know, people ought to, quote, mind their own business. It ain't any of their business is kind of what I'm hearing. It's, it's like in this really derogatory um, tone that... It's true. It's true. He's done it to other animals as well. <laughs> yeah. You know, he simply yes. gets them and abuse them and they die. <laughs> I know. And, you know, and, and sometimes, I mean, sometimes you can get... Um, the animal control, like if if you can prove to them that this animal is not being um, watered and not being fed, um, and you can document it and show it to them, I think there's a small window of a chance that they'll come in and they can confiscate them. Um, I know they've done this with horses and, and other hoofed animals as well, um, mm-hmm. that if people complain, they'll at least they'll take them into observation, they call it, and they'll, you know, they'll make notes. And if, if in fact, they find that its condition is attributed to um, malnourishment or neglect, they will not allow the animal to come back. And I also know that um, if you do contact, um, I know it's the, oh, gosh, I don't want to say police department, but um, not the rangers. Oh, gosh, I can't remember. What what are those guys called? Uh, They can come in, um, not... Uh, the county animal control people, but um, it's it's the county people that take care of wild animals and such. They can come in and confiscate it. And if you'd like, if you'd like to email me um, or email Michael, and he can forward the emails back to me, I can look into your specific area and tell you who you can possibly contact in that area to help you. Um, but it's on a spirit basis. This animal is just about ready to check out it's just that's it and i think the lesson was really for all of you folks um that are kind enough to try to help it um and unfortunately it's one of those you you just can't do everything you know you just don't have control over everything and you certainly don't have control over other people unfortunately Right, right. Well, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. But that it's it's just an interesting dynamic. I'm just a, a friend of one of the people who is doing this, and and she was with me this weekend, and she's gone away. And I thought, oh, perfect. I'll, I'll ask the question, you know, because yeah. I've heard the whole story about the animal, and and I've seen photographs of the animal that looks so sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Have you tried putting it on Facebook too? 
Well, I mean, that's a possibility, too, that people can... You know, stuff like that, uh, if you put it on Facebook and and YouTube, that stuff spreads like wildfire. You're going to get a whole bunch of people coming in on that, I believe, um, you know, that are far more experienced in this and would be able to help you. Um, I, I, I bet if you can get someone just to help you post this, or, or again, if you wanted to send me information, I could post it on our on our Facebook page, and you know, whatever contacts come that way, you know, I think they'll be able to help the situation a little bit more than I can. But you know, on an animal basis, it's it's very exhausted. Um, it's just so tired, and it's physically the words I'm hearing is beat up. <laughs> yeah, know, he and it's. Up. I'm sorry. He he looks beat up. <laughs> Well, you know, it's 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 mental, it's emotional stress. Um and then you compound that with the physical situation that it's going through. It just takes a great toll on it. But I do believe that this is a teacher um and that the lesson is for all you folks um and I just don't think this you know, I mean, unless something happens with Facebook or or some of these organizations, I unfortunately, you know, I don't see this this human being actually saying, oh, I've learned my lesson, I'll never do this again. I think if if this person does not do it again, it'll be through um, fines and through the law. Right, right. I mean, I, I actually, I know who the person is, and it's just one of the local people in, uh, you know, in northern Maine. It's, they're, uh, you know, have a few screws loose. Is Were yeah. you referring to the game warden? Um. I was not, um, but okay. I'm in Florida, so we might have different terminology for that. Someone in the chat room put the word "game" or "warden" on, you know, that as, as you know, a possible uh, person to contact, and just yeah. wanted to who you were referring to. Yeah, um, I was not, and I I can't believe I'm having this blackout. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, I should have had more caffeinated tea okay, before here's, here's I, I started the show. The, I think there's another one here. Someone else put in the ASPCA. <laughs> oh, the ASPCA. Yeah. Um, that? that 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 that's the um, yes that would that is the national group that might they might be able to help you there as well. Okay. Not the person, not the group I'm thinking of again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just trying to help you out. <laughs> um, you know what? Type in animal control. Okay. And, yep. and see if you got... Um, up. Type in animal control and see what shows up. Yeah. Okay. See if I can do this and keep you on here without cutting you off. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. Michael, you still there? Oh yeah, I'm still here. Oh good. Yeah, good. I was trying to think too of what it is, and I'm I'm drawing a blank as well. I think it's a it's a county thing. Um, <laughs> and I I don't know whether I'm thinking of um, county animal control or, um, but I know that here in Florida we we have a wild animal and a, dom- a domestic division that's run by the yeah. county. And, I mean, we have bear issues and alligator issues all the time, um, you know, so they're they're always, these guys are always out, and it's really hard to, to relocate a bear. I mean, it's almost impossible. They won't let you do it, <laughs> unless the well, bear is causing physical harm to a person. But um, yeah, It's even fun trying to get it to do anything with alligators, too. Yes, I know, I know. And they are everywhere. They're everywhere there's water, there's a gator. Yep. Well, there are state animal control services. That, I mean, it doesn't say anything other than, you know, the animal 
the main animal control association. So maybe that's just. Um, I would start from there if if the you department, can. Yeah, there's a Department of Agriculture, Animal Welfare, Animal Control. Animal Welfare will also help you, Cindy. That's a great one. All right. So this one this one says Main Department of Agriculture, Animal Welfare, mm-hmm. Animal Control. And, that's and you know what? I hate to say this, but but um, you know, PETA might be able to help you also. Mm-hmm. You know, they they love causes, and this is certainly an an outrageous situation and very unjustifiable. So, is it, what is the name of that? It's uh, what did you call it? Uh, PETA. I believe it's P E T A. All right, I'll look. I'll look that one up as well. Okay, but I think you've got it. I think you've you've got what, what you need over there in your area. And you said um, you were in where were you? Northern Maine. Yeah, it's actually on an island called Deer Isle. Oh, okay. It's like a little backwards island in Maine. Yeah, there's got to be some kind of uh, regulations as far as animal abuse is concerned. There's there's got right. to be. Yeah, our closest big town would be Ellsworth, you know. So there's okay. obviously something there. Okay. All well, right. You so. folks are just wonderful, and you're so kind. And um, you know, this this poor animal is 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 very, <laughs> it, from a spirit perspective, is very aware of what's going on. And I think that is just something that is it's a huge blessing, you know, that all these these folks out there have gotten together and are trying to you know, help this poor poor guy and have him on a schedule and everything. I think that's just fascinating. And it also proves that, you know, there is strength in, in community and uh, that there is goodness in people. You know, that's you could put that right. as a P.S. onto the lesson. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> thank you for calling, Cindy. Good well, luck in you your, in, in yeah. your yeah. issue. You're welcome. Thanks so much. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's such a tough situation. So frustrating, Michael. Yeah, it is very hard. Yeah, I, I, I run across that, and you know, and it's. I think as long as as you can show that, you know, even if you have minimum water and minimum food available, and the animal could be severely ill, you know, there's just only so much that can be done, and it's so frustrating for, you know, all these great Samaritans who are trying to to help. It's very frustrating. Yeah, um, yeah, because I'm here in Florida as well, and uh, you know, I know when we see the gators around, and it's like, okay, you know, do something. Yeah, yeah, they won't. <laughs> nope. Until all of a sudden, you know, somebody ran it over on, you know, on the road, and it's like, well, there's the gator. Right, right. Yeah, or if it if it eats your dog, you know, then they'll come out and they'll do something about it. Yeah. You yeah, they tried catching. They're, well, they're hard to catch too sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, the, then there is, the, you know, the opposite of that, which is the gator hunting season. That's horrible. That is, yeah. That's a very hard, hard thing. I'm, I'm, I'm against that. As much as I'm not best friends with the gators, I really, you know, highly disapprove of that whole thing. I know I'm moving um, into a place that's right on a lake, and uh, everyone through all they said they've got a gator in the back there. And uh, the guy, like, two houses down feeds it. Oh, my goodness, that's the worst thing. They always tell you never yeah. do that. Yeah, well, he's an older guy, and uh, he's not all that with it, but they said, you know, he takes, you know, uh, you know, table scraps and all and throws it out there. Oh. It's like, oh, that's the worst thing to do. 
that is the worst thing that can do. That is yep. horrible. So we've uh, we've heard of uh, like a six seven footer that they've taken out of here. Uh huh. And actually, I think there was a bigger one than that uh, that uh, they managed to get out. Wow. And it was interesting seeing them uh, when they were trying to catch, uh, put in the traps and all that. And in the back of their vehicle, they had this uh, tow cage. And they had like three or four gators in there. And uh, there were some pretty big ones in there. And they were hissing and all. And mm. it's like, not happy. Right. No, not happy at all. Yep. So, and but, there's uh, these, we go um, kayaking a lot. We have a lake behind our house as well. And um, we don't see that many here. Of course, you know, you always wonder about it when the cows go in the water and they're all standing there. And all of a sudden, one disappears one day. That's, that's kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, never mind. So, <laughs> whereabouts, in, uh, whereabouts in Florida are you? Um, I am in the land. We just moved to the land. Mm, okay. That's in Volusia County. Yeah, I'm in. Uh, I live in Land Lakes, but I have a metaphysical center in Newport Ritchie. Right, That's, right. I uh, saw Pasco. that. So it's uh, rather interesting in this on this side with uh, all the lakes around, and you know, gators go you know from one lake to the next. Right, right, right. That's funny because my husband always points out as if we're in an airplane flying over and looking down, he he always says, "You see all those perfectly rounded lakes? They used to be sinkholes." Which is another Florida wonder that we have. You yep. know, coming from up north, you know, that's that's the other thing. Hurricanes, sinkholes, alligators, oh well, you know. But I love I love Florida. I love Florida. Yeah. Especially this time of the year coming up, everything's in bloom now and although yes. Alex season is kinda of crazy but But it is beautiful, you're right. All the trees are coming back and it's and we have our own little version of spring. Very cool. Yep. Very quick. You know, only a matter of, you know, a couple of weeks, and that's it. Spring's done. Summer's here. Right. Right. Do we have so, any other callers? Nope, not at the moment. So if anyone wants to call in, it's 347-539-5349. Okay. Go ahead and give us a call. And uh, I was going to ask you, what's the most unusual animal you've communicated with? Unusual. Um... Not that it's unusual, but a Florida panther that I had worked with um, um, for a constipation issue, I think, was probably the most unusual scenario. Um, um, uh, you know, it's it's really weird because I don't I don't look at anything as being unusual. I've worked a lot with the big cats. Um, we recently went out to the Great Ape Sanctuary in Wachula, and um, the apes were most fascinating to work with. I do a lot of uh, uh, telepathic uh, type of work where, you know, we're always trying to see which species, you know, gets us fastest and, and responds, you know, most adequately. And I think by far um, the apes, the orangutans and the chimps that we worked with were the most outrageously instantaneous examples of um, mental telepathy and and a proof of whatever is in your mind gets picked up immediately by them. Um, we just we were riding around um, with the director over there, and um, she wanted me to go from one ape to another and kind of you know tell them you know I, I was a translator. You know this ape has problems because of 
and I could see in the past what these guys had gone through, and they were showing me pictures of abuse and carnivals and tents and private owners, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And I noticed um, right away that as soon as I would verbalize what the apes were telling me um, and communicate that to the director who was sitting next to me and taking notes, the apes would immediately respond and some of them would scream, they would jump up in the air, you know, just about all of them would run away immediately, um, which was really fascinating because I have a, a colleague of mine who actually does um, work with wild animals also and uses them as therapy. And what he does to demonstrate, which I'm not totally up for it, but what he does to demonstrate how our energy and our thoughts affect animals, he has people going into a negative situation intentionally, um, mentally, um, in front of a wild animal and then showing them what the response of the wild animal will be. And it's always pretty horrendous. I mean, if it's a panther, they're going to, you know, hiss and growl and whatever. Um, So this was a great example of me unintentionally um, reliving what these apes were, were going through and, you know, kind of reliving it through verbally and expressing to the director of the of the sanctuary what they were saying. So we ultimately what we decided was um, not to do that. So as soon as we pulled away uh, from a particular ape, then I was able to tell her exactly what, what they were showing me as far as their past is concerned. And then also they would show me immediately um, what part of them hurts, you know, what, what, what was, you know, um, painful to them and so on. And I was able to translate that information over. That sounded interesting working with those, with the apes and all. Yeah, that was really interesting. Um, and and the adverse of that is, uh, the opposite of that was whenever um, we would sit down and we would, you know, do Reiki or positive energy, and I also do um, medical shigong, which is the use of your energy, you know, to kind of heal certain parts whenever we would do something like that the apes would actually gravitate towards us um, and sit nearby and just kind of take it all in. So uh, it, was, it was very interesting to see, you know, what, how easily animals respond to that. I mean, horses take a little bit longer. Dogs, the sanctuary dogs are pretty cool. They respond immediately to sending mental signals. Um, what I do a lot with uh, dog sanctuaries is I'll, just take a walk up and down the aisle, and some of them have red zone dogs, you know, dogs that have that are kind of dangerous, I guess you would say, to other dogs or people. Um, and I would go down the aisle of all these dogs, and I'll just go to a, a, the first one there and kind of get what message they're trying to send. I acknowledge the message, and right away I start working energetically with them, and I get them to relax in a, I call it a, a three-breath kind of uh, an exercise where, you know, I I connect with them through breath, I get them to sit down, I get them to lay down, and then I get them to exhale and take a sigh. And some of them actually will fall asleep if I'm there long enough. Um, I usually have to move pretty quickly because I have limited time and I usually have a lot of dogs that I have to work with. Um, But that's also very fascinating. And that's fairly instantaneous also. Cool. Let me go ahead and uh, let's see. 
get to my queue here. Let's go ahead and take a call here from Helen in New Jersey. Hello, Helen. Yes, hi. How are you? Doing hi, great. Helen. How can we How help are you? you? I'm fine, thank you. Hi. I have um, a question um, because you said that you could um, talk to pets that have passed over. Uh-huh. And uh, just last week, actually, um, I had two cats that mm-hmm. passed away really quickly um, from two two different things. One, I, I know, you know, was not uh, well, but I I didn't expect either one of them. And the other, the other one, I really don't know what happened to that one. Um, so I was just wondering if, if there was any way that you would be able to shed some light on that situation. Um, I have seen this fairly frequently if the cats have been together for a bit, um, that when one dies, the other one will follow fairly shortly behind. Um, And it appears to be of no specific reason, but when animals are together in a pack, especially if they're – now, they weren't necessarily really close, right? No, no. And they were, you know, really years apart. Um, You know, I I sort of have – um animals that I've taken in strays and things like that and mm-hmm. um you know Ian was uh 5 years old and Aubrey was only about 8 months oh wow okay um what happens sometimes that when they are in they don't even have to be in the same household uh house structure um they don't have to necessarily even be both indoor cats, but if if one is an indoor and one, say, is an outdoor, for example, not saying that this is the case, but for example, and you are the, you are the, the main link between these two, um, the stress that one is enduring because of illness or hardship or um, challenges that it's being met is also shared by others that are in that pack. And the more sensitive ones will take it on, um, and they will they will they will almost absorb part of what the other one is going through. The one that is that is ill or that is more challenged. Um, the sensitive ones usually have a weaker immune system, also that are that young, because that's a very young age. Eight months is very young. Um, you know, for it to just pass suddenly with with no specific um, cause, but I would say that energetically and through through sharing of energy with the other cat, that this cat also took on. Now, you didn't this this one that was eight months old. You didn't have them very long, correct? Uh, no. Well, I've had her since since birth. You know, and she. Um, actually had um, she came from a litter that uh, out of six kittens three of them had uh, disabilities and um, you know she had she had uh, a problem but it wasn't something that 
that that we would have thought that she would have expired um right as quickly as she did it basically came about right. and in you know maybe 24 hours time um and then you know so uh, although i know she had a health issue it it was sort of drastic and sudden and then ian um became ill on a sunday and he passed away on a wednesday and um with him i don't really know and the vets have no idea what what actually happened to him and and i'm sorry ian was how old ian was five ian was five that's what i thought okay so um the eight month old kitten passed first no she passed second that's okay all right she passed the day after ian okay okay um well, with the and what was the name of the eight-month-old kitten? Aubrey. Aubrey. Um, well, Aubrey did have a compromised immune system, and it, it's it's which was, you know, what I had mentioned before that um, those that have compromised immune systems are just much more sensitive um, to things. And also, I'm getting kidneys from her. Um, did were you aware of any kidney issues that she had? Not kidneys, no. Okay, because that could be actually the organ that that finally went. Um, but the vet didn't mention anything like that to you. No, no. Okay, and, no, and kidneys she was, are. Mm-hmm. She um she uh, the vet uh, said that he thought that she had uh, pleurisy, um, basically, mm-hmm. and that's that's what happened to her. Okay. Um, but Ian is, you know, um, a mystery. Okay. Um, it could be, again, um, uh, what was your question that you were you were having? Well, I was just wondering if you could shed light on what, like, happened to Ian. Uh, yeah. That was, you know, and and I don't know, I guess, you kind of answered with Aubrey if, if you know, everything crashed with her, with yes. things going on with Ian. But, um, you know, uh, beginning of that week, nobody thought anything would ever happen to either one of them. Yeah, yeah. It's devastating when we lose our our animals. Um, no matter how long they've been with us, it's, it's always very devastating. And um, I had mentioned something right before that, Sometimes, you know, things happen that um, we just are not in control over. And unfortunately, this is the, the passing of these two is, is one of them. Um, I, I, again, I, I do feel that they were linked together in, in, in a, if nothing else, in an energetic way. And it, it, it oh, my goodness. Mm. With Ian, um, is there anything with his heart that you know of? No, no. When they did x-rays, they said everything kind of seemed fine with, um, you know, the abdomen and things like that. Um, when they listened to his heart, they said that was fine. Um, they were basically saying it was something that they, you know, they, they thought he could have possibly had a stroke, but they weren't weren't sure. Um, unless they did an MRI, and of course they're 
like twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, I know. You know yeah. yeah. Um, and the condition he was, it wasn't. You know, it's for twenty five hundred dollars. If he would have survived, would have been a different thing. But you know, right, we, right, right. No, I I understand. Um, I I do feel that. You know, still that it's, well, a stroke would be tied into the heart. Um, circulatory, why this happened, I I, I don't know. Um, I don't know why, uh, you know, why it was, is, all I can say to you is that um, this was his time and it's almost like the contract that he took out to be with you um you know, it was a short-term contract, and he felt he fulfilled it. Um, just as I had mentioned before, that it is my belief and understanding from what I get from them that they all make these contracts with us, kind of spirit-to-spirit thing, that they will enter our lives, whether it's for a second, whether it's for a year, whether it's for 20 years, and they have certain things that they will, will teach us. And this was... Um, he was a fellow that you you were fond with. Now, do you have you have someone that lives with you? Correct. Um, yes. Um, so, and he was one of these friendlier cats that would kind of jump up on your lap, and also, um, if anybody that he felt compelled to that was within the right energy vibe, he would do that as well. Correct. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, you know, he was a very uh, affectionate, loving cat. Because I I see him um, now. Is is that your husband that I see him with, or I see him him with a male? Um, my son. Your son. Okay. Um, and I that's um, you folks have like a reading chair. That I'm sorry. Well, I would call it a reading chair. It's um a, a comfortable kind of almost recliner like chair. Yeah. That. That would have been one of his favorite spots um, when you yeah, guys were actually, like watching TV, or yeah, actually, that's um, that's actually where we were sitting when he passed away. Um, in, okay. in my hands, he was. We were sitting in the chair. That cause that what's what he's showing me is being in this. I don't know what you call it, an easy chair or a recliner chair. I, I know what I'm looking at. I just can't describe right. it real well. But I see I see him, like, on, on a lap. Um, but that was not just where he passed, but that was one of his more um, favorite places to be at, where he was most comfortable with, where he enjoyed, correct? Right. Okay. All right. So let, I just want to, you know, take that a little bit more. So then... Um, you're, are you asking why he went? Or yeah, asking, I just don't like really why know, this like, time. Why, why didn't one he of wait them longer? Went, yeah, like that. I mean, I just don't understand why either one of them went. Because, as I said, you know, you wake up Sunday morning and it's any ordinary day. And yeah. um, Sunday afternoon, you know, it was more than obvious something was wrong with him. But. Um, and then when he passed away, um, you know, then the very next day Aubrey went, and that again was not expected. That was really bad. Well, I think I think Aubrey um, had a very limited, obviously, very limited time window, and I think 
you know, her immune system, like I said, was just not up to par. Her whole her whole physical mechanics weren't just were not at top speed. And I do believe that this this was a little bit more than she can handle. Um, I don't know if you're familiar or ever had rabbits as pets. Yeah. Well, I know I we've had wild rabbits as pets, and we've had domestic, you know, long loppy ear rabbits as pets, and all different kinds of rabbits as pets. And it's very interesting that um, if you put the two together and you look at one and compare one to the other, and this is actually making a point, um, our domestic rabbits, you know, you can let them out of the cage, they'll run around, and I actually had a rabbit that chased our German Shepherd around, the German Shepherd would run and hide from it. And then we had a wild rabbit that was saved, and we, you know, we bottle fed it with along with its litter, um, you know, and someone killed its mother, and they were only days old. So we kept it um, for about five or six months, but it was its immune system was so compromised and so unlike the domestic rabbit that um, one day we would let it out of its cage. Um, but this rabbit, the wild rabbit, couldn't even be near or in the house when the dog was around because he would definitely just freak out. And one day, um, I think somebody opened up the cage. The dog didn't go after it. The dog was in the other room asleep, actually could care less. But the rabbit realized the dog was in the house and not in a separate area. And it just, a small little nick, um, it cut itself on the way back to in the cage to seek safety. And it literally died of a heart attack. It just it couldn't take the trauma and the stress of being chased. And we had an autopsy done and everything. And what I'm the reason I'm telling you this story is I believe Aubrey was um was so compromised, you know, and I we'll go back to Ian, but Aubrey was so compromised that, you know, the stress of anything so it would seem like, are you kidding me? How does this affect you? It would affect her. Um, so perhaps that explains her. Um, Ian, I just I just feel like, you know, what, what I'm getting from him is a huge sense of contentment and accomplishment and, and huge love and that it was just this time. It was, it's, it, you know, it, it's, and I, I, I'm not saying this, but what I'm hearing are the words, no biggie. Um, and, and you know, and he adored your family um, and you, and appreciated everything that you've done for. He wants to say all the kids. So uh, I guess you have other kids there, uh, kids meaning animals. Um, but it's it wasn't anything huge. I do feel that it was a heart related issue, and if he he did have a stroke, then you know it all goes back to circulation and heart. I don't feel that he was in a lot of pain. I don't feel that he was suffering. Um, I just feel that, you know, that was it. Time to go. I'm checking out. See ya. And But it was, um, you know, it's just huge, huge love. And it's it's sometimes it's better if it happens that way. Um, I've spoken to people that go through the process with an ill animal that is either dying or severely critically injured and you know it's just it's so hard on the human and i think when there is as much love from the animal as there is from ian to his humans 
they they want to spare you. I think this is a, a a case where you know he just wanted to spare you. It's okay. We're we're I'm fine. I'm fine now. Um, okay now. Also, I I must ask you. I'm seeing a piece of material. It's kind of like a um, brownish plaid material. Is does that make any sense to you? It's related to him somehow. I don't know whether it's a blanket or a scarf or um, or furniture, something with a brown, almost like a brownish goldish plaid. Does that make any sense to you? Um, not right now. No. And it's got like like um, almost like a shawl. You know, the shawl has like um, these little strings on it. Like some shawls have little strings on it. Um, he showed me that. The reason he's showing me that is that that to him means comfort and that to him means um, it's okay. And you're also going to come across this material. So I don't know, it could even, it could actually even be a sweater or a jacket that, that you've worn or a shirt or something that you'll come across this. And when you come across this kind of material that is, his message to you. So usually when an animal is deceased and they come in as strong as he is coming through to you, um, they like to give you signs that will make you remember them. So if that doesn't mean anything to you now, you'll come across this within the next week or so, um, and, and that is to remind you of him. Okay. I'll be sure to look for that. And are you getting any messages from Woodbury? Um, Aubrey is is in a, a better place now than um, than where she was, and I don't feel that Aubrey was quite feeling up to par, as um, you know, you all might have thought. I, I believe that that there was a lot of camouflage on her part that was being done, and um, the the big thing that she's saying because. You know, I, I, I don't know whether it's because I have seen it, but I have heard people say that um, their animals have come back in another form. And she just says, you know, it's really funny. She's got this kind of attitude. She says something like, honey, if I'm coming back, I'm not coming back with this kind of body, that's for sure. So I think <laughs> she's gonna, I think she's going to pick, <laughs> you know, what she wants. I don't know if she's coming back as a butterfly or what, but... <laughs> Um, she's not gonna. She's not gonna pick this. So it was a short lesson. Um, do, do you take in a lot of animals? Did you say? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay, so I think that part of that lesson is, um, for you know, what she's saying is, you know, if she was a human, okay, because I see them in human form. If she was a human, she'd be tapping her foot on the floor. Um, crossing her arms, like folding her arms over, waving her index finger at you, going, you know, <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's let's check into that a little bit. Let's let's you know get a better handle on that. Not that you know when you don't see an animal in, in need that you don't you know you shouldn't take it in. But there's other ways of helping animals in need, is what she's saying, and that um, um, to address. And and okay, because they they always they give me too much information. Um, they give me too much information about the people. I know we're on the radio now, so I'm not going to go into specifics. But she's saying, take care of what you need. Take care of at home. Um, and 
you know, let's get all that stuff straightened out. And, and you know, and then the animals will come. But it's it's you first now, Helen. You've got to come first now. And, you know, all rest will follow and all all the rest will be well and in balance. Do you know what that means? Does that make sense to you? Uh, you know, somewhat, yeah, because I uh, tend to be a caregiver. So I take care of my mother. I take care of my uncle. I, you know, <laughs> Well, I think she's saying, you know, if you take care of you, then you can be a better caregiver. But you've got to take care of you. Um, You know, it's it's really important. It's really key. Michael and I were just talking about how relaxing, you know, and and being centered and calm and and having that kind of energy is is really optimum um, for your pets. The more relaxed you are the better it is for you, but the more relaxed they are and the least susceptible they are to diseases and illnesses. They'll respond to treatment a lot better. They'll eat better. They'll play more. Um, So it all kind of hovers around the human, and the better off we are, you know, emotionally and more balanced, and by balanced I mean taking care of us, you know, 50% and then the other 50%, maybe even 60% and then the other percentage taking care of others because you can. You know, everybody else is at a point where they can kind of start taking care of themselves. And I know you have to take care of your mom, um, but there's there's a time where you have to etch some time for yourself during the week where either you take an extra long bath or shower or, you know, sit down and turn your phone off and just read um, some books or um, if, if you want to subscribe to my email list, I have a free meditation for everybody that subscribes, and then you can unsubscribe from it if you don't want to receive any of our emails. But, um, you know, it's just whatever you can do to kind of help relax and center yourself, even if it's 20 minutes a day, you're going to find big differences with your animals around you, huge differences. Okay. You know, that's the thing I um my fondest memory of Aubrey was like um, probably, I'd say, three days before she died. But I woke up in the middle of the night and I didn't see her on bed. And I called her name and she jumped up. And I had my robe at the end of the bed, a, a white robe. And in the dark, I can see her. And she was meeting. Um, with her front and her back feet because she was standing up and she was lifting her feet and the static from the robe was showing little sparks on her feet. So in the dark, I was like, God, I wish I had a video camera of that. (laughs) um, But that was like three days before she passed away and had these little sparks on her feet, and that was really cool. Mm. iPhones. Get an iPhone (laughs) or a phone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Always have your your cell phone by, you know. I know most of them have have photo capabilities now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you yeah. know, Spark is a is a good um it's a good thing to remember her with, you know, and, and think of think of the word Spark or Sparky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that's really like um something I had my son was attached to her, too, and I had told him um, after she passed away about that, and he got mm-hmm. a kick out of that for yeah. her in the dark, needing the uh, robe and the sparks on her feet. That was really cool. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad you have some good memories, and I would definitely hang on to the good memories you have of both of these guys. They, you know, they were 
very, very integral in your life. Yeah, they're a beautiful cat. Absolutely, absolutely. And I thank you for calling. If thank you have you. any other questions, feel free to just email me. Okay, thank you. You have a good night. Thank good you. Good night, Helen. dear. You too. Good night. And how can everyone get a hold of you for private readings? Um, they can email me. It's joe, J-O, at C-A-T hyphen E-D-U dot com. So that's joe at cat, and there's a little dash there, E-D-U dot com. Cool. Let's go ahead. We'll take Ellen from New York. Hello, Ellen. Hi. I'm so glad I'm able to talk to you. Hi, how, how are you? you? Just fine, thank you. And, Joe, I just want to tell you, I'm calling about something that you were just speaking about with the previous caller. Okay. I have been under stress, and uh, my two cats have apparently taken it on themselves and have gotten sick. Both yep. fairly close, you know, um, like late last year, probably within a couple of months of each other. And that's pretty close because, you know, they've been with me for over 11 years and been healthy. Um, and so I guess... Um, I was wondering if you could use your talents to tap into them. One is um, a diabetic, and the other one has kidney disease. Um, both serious conditions, for sure. And what I've been doing is treating them with diet, dietary things. Yep. So I, I think they're still enjoying life and so forth. Um, it would be nice, though, if you could pick up energies and tell me you feel is going on with you. On the one that's a diabetic, what is the name, please? Oliver. Oliver. And how old is Oliver? Um, he just turned 12. Okay. And the one that has the kidney disease, How? what is that one's name? His name is Sebastian, and we can only guess his age. He's somewhere around 17. Okay. Wow, good years for both of those. Yeah, they've been with me um, for almost 12 years now. In July, it'll be 12 years. Okay. And how long did you know Oliver was a diabetic? I suspected something late last year um, because of the way he was uh, throwing up and urinating a lot. You know, he had classic signs. Okay. Uh, okay. And um, I got the actual diagnosis maybe two or three months ago. And Sebastian, how long has he had kidney disease? Um, I would say the first sign started late last year, maybe October, November. Hmm. So it's it's very um, it's very coincidental, I would say, that they both seem to have taken on the symptoms of their diseases last year. Yes, I agree. I agree. And that was a time. Um, and I'm sorry, is it Helen? You're another Helen? No, I'm an Ellen, no H. You're an Ellen, no H, got it. Um, and that was also a time when you said you were going under stress. Yes, I actually have been under stress for over a year at that point. I mean, considerable yes. stress, yeah. You know, I have um, just another note about stress and animals mirroring us and mirroring our energies and mirroring our situations. I have had so many people that um, have come to me and actually have told me their animals have taken on their diseases. Wow. Um, it, it just It's incredible what these guys will do for us, especially um, as you have two that um, are fairly close to you. Um, yeah. 
And they're also fairly close to each other. Yeah. Okay, as as opposed from the lady that just called in. I didn't get that that sense of closeness of her two cats to each other, but um of your two I just I do see them actually hanging out together, um, you know, and, and kind of you know, I wouldn't say they're a dynamic duo, but I would say that they're fairly close. Um and, and when that happens the chance of sharing um you know, some kind of a illness or some type of an illness, even though one's a diabetic and one has kidney disease, you know, there's still bodily functions that are malfunctioning. They're still sharing that integral component of stress, which is the stress that you're having. But your stress, I think, um, you know, although it seemed most severe to you at that time, I do feel that you've had other stresses within the last few years within the last five or six years so yes. it's it it's just something that's been building up um if you know what i mean it's yes. you know this this may have seemed to be a, a pinnacle or a huge um you know turning point for you however there have been other instances um you know a number of other instances that have affected you and have made you more stressful without going into specifics um and when that happens it kind of builds up and when it builds up our animals are living with us and slowly whether it's you know our our animals pick up our vibrations through i say it's five you know basic ways one is through your thoughts one is through your speech one is through your breath one is through your body mechanics um so there's there's different ways um and one is through your your um body scent too so all this and sound Sorry. Um, so all the stuff, as you walk in the house, you know, the mental thoughts that you're sending, you know, you're upset, you're concerned, um, you're frustrated, you're stressed, um, you're overwhelmed, you're angry, you're, you know, all these symptoms, and they all have an image that's connected with each emotion that you're thinking of. And then the next thing you know, the words that come out of your mouth have a different set of energy. So now you're you're propelling that energy, you're making it greater because now it's doubled. It's not just what you're thinking, but it's what you're saying. And then you compound that with, okay, well, you're saying it, you're thinking it, so you have more energy. And all of a sudden, you know, your heart rate goes up, um, your pulse speeds up, your breath changes as you're breathing, your breathing patterns change. Animals are extremely sensitive to this. Um, dogs react to it faster than cats because we watch their behavior. Cats can camouflage a lot of this, but they're picking all this up. And, oh, my gosh, if you put, you know, not just last year into the picture, but the last, you know, I'd say three or four episodes of stress that you've gone through into the picture, all of a sudden you get cats that are extremely sensitive but, they will begin to manifest. They can't take anymore, so they'll manifest in a physical way. So I, I, I do believe that's what happened. And it's not that, oh, my gosh, you're a bad human, you know, you didn't know how to control, you know, your your words or your, your actions or your breathing or your, your heart rate. It's, it's not that at all. Um, what I constantly tell people is the more you relax, the more it'll affect your animals. So if you're more relaxed, if you can do a little meditation, um, you know, or if you can just take some 
you know, slow, controlled breaths during the course of the day and just schedule out a half an hour of your day to do, you know, listen to your favorite songs even or read a book, you're going to find your cats are gra- going, to get, going to gravitate to you a lot faster and they're going to heal faster too because your energy is different and you're going to relax more. So it's a win-win. It's great for you. It's great for the cat. Um, now, specifically, um, tuning into Oliver and Sebastian. I, you know, I just I get the feeling that Oliver is the stronger of the two, physically, yeah. is or appears to be physically. Does that make any sense? Yes, you're 100 percent right. Okay, all right. So if Oliver is beware because just because they appear to physically be stronger that does not mean that emotionally they are also um because it's all yep that's what it is yin and yang okay <laughs> i get that sebastian may be stronger and he's and he's more um it's almost like he's wiser yeah in in his outlook of for, of things than Oliver is. So Sebastian has been through it longer and he is he's more understanding and can handle it emotionally, but Oliver appears to be the stronger of the two. They're so funny. It's like it's yin and yang the two of them. Wow, that's really incredible. Um but together <laughs> together they make a whole. <laughs> you know? Okay. So if that if that makes any sense, and they complement one another, which again leads us back to you know they both you know got this at at their illnesses diagnosed not diagnosed but they both started manifesting within a year or so of of not feeling that great um, because they are actually connected in those ways. So one one is is like the is almost carrying the if you can see energy being split into. Um, mental and physical, you know, that's how they complement each other. It's like one's taking on more of the other's physical and the other one is taking on more of the of the other's emotional. And that's how they balance out. Wow. Wow. Um, but you, you, my dear, are the stabilizing factor. That's the good, great news. And you can make it better. Um, I, I have again. I was. I don't know whether I've mentioned it to you or not, or the other callers. But um, if if you want to subscribe to be on our email list, I do have a free meditation um, for people that want to be centered around their animals. Um, you just go on the email. You know, on our website www. It's catcat-edu.com. You just go on that website, sign up to be on the email list. And you can download this. And people that have downloaded this, especially people with cats, have seen a huge difference. Cats began to, the pers- as the person would begin to get more relaxed and calm, the cats began to improve in their physical condition. And they began to relax more because their person was relaxing more. I've seen this with horses. I've seen this with dogs. I've seen this with so many animals. But in particular with cats, and you'll know that because as soon as you put your headphones on and start listening, you know, to the meditation, and it could be any other meditation, too, if you have a favorite one that you listen to, you'll find right away 
after you do this a few times, they're going to jump on your lap immediately. My cat, Francis, I have two cats. Um, my one cat, Francis, goes in every morning and does prayers and meditations. She will jump up. I'm laying down on my back with my headphones on and I'm doing my, my, morning, my morning ritual. She'll get on, jump on my chest, cross her paws, and she'll put them in prayer mode. And as long as I'm doing it, she's doing it. As soon as I'm done, she's out of there. And it's really funny because we got another cat about two years ago, and he didn't quite understand what was going on, so he'd start sneaking into the room while I was doing this in the morning. Now what happens is Francis has, you know, the hand part. Well, Kitty, the other cat um, that we have, he'll just ground himself right next to me. And, again, it is immediate. As soon as I'm done, they are both out of there. So you will find tremendous responses with your cats um, as soon as you start relaxing and centering and and you will start to feel better, then they will start to feel better, and then you'll start to feel better. It's a wonderful circle. I I appreciate that. So you think that there is hope for me to turn this around with them and get them healthy again? Uh, I, you know, I don't know about 100% healthy. An immune system is, is a really hard one to tackle, um, you know, but I do believe that you can turn it around you know, to a point that you will be able to notice the differences. Now, for how long? That's totally up to them. <laughs> yeah. You know, and 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 what? How great the difference will be? That's up to them also. It's you know, we think we got the control going on here with medications and all that stuff, but there is so much more to be said behind our energies and our thoughts and and how we are and how it affects them. So I do believe that is possible. I don't know to what extent, and I, I wouldn't guarantee any of that, but I will tell you that you will see a difference. I appreciate that. And when you tapped in on them, did they seem happy? I know they're not well. Yes, yes, Okay. they do. And you know why? It's kind of like um, <laughs> it's kind of like the three of you. Um, you know, those two are, are, like I said, yin and yang. Those two are pretty tight together but then you put you into the equation, um, they are pretty happy because I, I, I do feel they absolutely adore you, and I, I do feel that you adore them as well. Um, so it's, you know, it's a love, love kind of fest going on there, and I think that makes them happy. And I know that they believe that you try to do everything within your power um, to, you know, help the situation. But, again... It, I think it's up to you doing this, these little subconscious things of relaxing and and centering and meditating and just, just getting yourself calm or whatever you can do to get calm. You know, I think it's going to make a huge difference. Do it as part of a ritual, and you will see they will be right there with you, and you're going to see a big difference. I, Joe, thank you so much. You really. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I seem so much more hopeful now be, um, because of what you said. I really do appreciate it. Well, absolutely. You have a wonderful evening, Ellen, and thank you so much for calling in. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, dear. That does help quite a lot when you get the help with your own animals. You know, people don't realize that um, they make a huge difference. I mean, you know, there's there's always the genetic and the species component, and that's why, you know, when I when I have classes and I teach, I always teach the behavioral part of it because 
a species will only do so much and genetics can only get you so far. But we as people, as humans, have so much influence into, you know, what the outcome of, of our animals can be. We impact them greatly. Yeah, it's always been interesting, too, to try to figure out why, uh, you know, my dog never barks. Never barks? Nope. She doesn't like barking. Well, that's very good. I have I have two breeds that are known on the top list of the barking breeds. I have number one is a Dachshund, and I have two of those. Oh, yeah. And number two is a Great Pyrenees because their job is to be a guardian and alert the people. So, I, you know, had I done that research when I got them, boy, I don't know. <laughs> I love yeah. them dearly, but they're very vocal. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, you figure shepherds usually are vocal, especially when people come around and all. And, nope, not her. It's like, you know, she'd scare the heck out of people. They'd come over and, you know, not hear her, and all of a sudden they'd see, and it's like, whoa, you got a dog here. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Well, she's very prim and proper, and I do feel that part of that prim and proper um, has to do with it. You know, it's almost like barking is like almost beneath her. You know, it's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Do you have a, do you have other dogs in your neighborhood that do bark a lot? Oh yes. Because they seem to annoy her. You know, and that's when I say, you know, she kind of looks down at them and say, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't be caught dead with you. <laughs> you know, it's like. Yeah. She's, that's what you know. That's another prim and proper aspect of her. Yeah, she. Uh, they, everyone's surprised. It's like, okay, she's real quiet. It's like, yeah, she's pretty much been this way. Now the black Absolutely. lab, yeah, and the miniature Dotson. When somebody would walk by, we had you know fenced in yard, chain link fence, yeah, and they would just start going crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's what mine do. They, um, you know, it's it, and I work very closely with. Um, a canine behavior specialist who actually he did his training um, with uh, the Caesar Milan camp over in, in California. And I, he's been teaching for our program for four years now, but I work very closely with him. And he always says, you know, dachshunds are not only the one of the top barkers, but they are one of the top nippers. When he comes in and he's working with problem dogs, they are the first breed to bite at the ankle. So, you know, he's got that down pat, though. You know, he comes yep. in with his toe up and ankle down, and they don't they bite his toe instead of his ankle. So. Yeah. It was, it was funny that you said that because when we got the uh, the black lab, you know, the miniature dots, and he was already up there about six, seven years old. Uh-huh. And we had, like, a Queen Anne chair, and it was funny because he'd hide underneath there, and when the black lab would come walking past, he'd run out to try to bite her, her in the legs. Yeah. And she would turn around and he'd run back underneath the chair to hide. Yeah. <laughs> and she'd be like, What the heck was he doing? you know? And and he would always try to do that. Every time she'd walk past, he'd go ahead and, and run out there, you know, barking at her and trying to bite her uh in the legs and then go back underneath the chair. Well, you know, the black lab had a huge amount of um energy. You know, so oh. do the dachshunds, but their the lab the black lab was in a in a larger body form <laughs> and it was almost like okay i got you but i don't want to mess with you you know i don't want you to mess with me either so yep. but it's it's but like it was, i want to be in control nope not change my mind when they got used to each other i mean she'd be licking on him like she was mothering him and yeah you know and he was just loving the whole the whole thing and he'd go you know he'd follow them but it was funny to watch because you know the male female dominance thing mm-hmm. when we go ahead and feed him i'd have to go ahead and make sure i put all three foods down at the same time because if not, he would run right over and like, oh, nope, this is mine. 
<laughs> and then I'd put another one down for the other one. He'd be, you know, run over there. It's like, nope, that's mine. He'd try to run back and forth. Like, oh no, this is all my food. Yeah. And yeah. they'd let him. Yeah, they will do that. And but I will tell you that if they if they did it to the wrong type of dog and the wrong type of energy, they would be. Um, they would be dead meat. I, both of our dachshunds are, are like that. They're, you know, we my pet sitter calls them the Hooverettes, you know, because yep. they, they will they will eat anything that's down. So our our big guy who is not a fan of that, our Great Pyrenees, eats outside, um, you know, and that and that kind of prevents any any mishaps. But we did have we were um, dog watching, uh, and our, our my daughter has a very large dog. Who was not used to this, and you know that was, it was almost fatal that night. That you know he turned, and there was our dachshund getting in the way, and whammo, you know, broke a couple vertebrae, split open her chest, and you know that was the end of that. But did she learn? Nope. It's it's something in their breed, I believe. You know yep. they're gonna, they, she just goes right back to it. So we just don't pet it anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's just interesting how you know he used to go ahead and do that, and. Uh, they they walk around together constantly, follow each other around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 a dachshund for you. Yes. Well, let's go ahead. We'll take Cindy from Memphis. Hello, Cindy. Hello. Hi, Cindy. Hi. Thank you for taking Hi. my call. You're welcome. You're welcome. Did you have a question this evening? Yes, I do. I would love for um, to get a little bit better insight into my dog, Brinks. And his emotions, or what's going on with Brinks? With Brinks, okay. And um, Brinks, um, Brinks has short fur. Is it a short fur dog? Yes. Okay. Um, like medium, medium built, almost. Um, I don't know why I'm seeing gray. Is there any gray in his fur? Uh, he's red here. Red, no gray. Okay. Do you have another dog? No, ma'am. Okay. All right. So, okay. Red hair. Got it. Okay. And how old is Briggs? Uh, three in June. Three in June. Now, is there a particular situation that you that you have this insight question about Briggs? Um, I'd like to <laughs> I'd like to know what Briggs thinks of uh, his life. I want to know if he's happy or how he's doing. Um. If he's happy, um, I see him. I see him laying outside, panting a lot. Um, does he like to go outside? He definitely uh, goes. He has a big, big yard for himself. Does yeah. What do you think? Do you have a favorite tree out there? Um, uh, nope, no trees in the backyard. No trees. Okay. Wow. All right. You're gonna. Um, if you can give me more information, I'm. I'm not. For some reason, I'm not picking up um, on him. So uh, he's three years old. You want to know if he's happy. And is this happy with this life with you, happy with this, a specific situation? I'm just sometimes if I can't hone in exactly on on what it is that you're asking, if you can, if you can just point me into the scene, I can get into the scene and I can get you information that way. So that's why okay. I'm, I'm asking. All right, so um, I have I share ownership of Brinks with my boyfriend, and a lot of times I think that I say that Brinks looks at me like his little sister, like not like his parent. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, he's, because um, what I get immediately is that 
um, that he is, and I'm sorry, was this your, your boyfriend, did you say? Yes. Okay. Um, that he definitely looks on him as more alpha and as he better do what he tells him to do, but you are more of a friend, more of a pal, more of a playmate. That's yes. that's his perception of you. Um, and are you trying to change that around? Yes, that would be nice. Sure. Okay. So you want him to... Um, listen to you when you you tell him to do certain things or you just want him to respect you or uh, what exactly are you trying to say is when we go on walks because I'm the only one who really walks with him gotcha okay that's why I was seeing walk okay so um let me let me describe a walk for you if um is he in front of you when you're walking yes and um I see a, a fairly you don't use a retractable leash on him, do you? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, then you go. Okay, that's why I'm seeing that. Um, <laughs> um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna redirect you in your walk because the walk is one of the key elements in having a dog regain respect for you. Okay. So we're we're gonna redo the walk. Okay. That's okay with you. Sure. All right. When you're walking with him. If if you'd like to continue using a retractable leash, then that's okay. Um, I would suggest you switch over to a nylon leash, and uh, this is the way I would describe the ideal walk, and I'll tell you why. The ideal walk, and if I ha- you have a dog that's custom, because he's pretty strong, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like he's almost like pulling you sometimes. If he gets distracted, he kind of goes off to the sides. Yeah. Um, All right, so if you shorten up the leash, if you clasp your hands behind you, and by clasping them behind you, I would like you to put, if you can kind of practice doing it while I'm describing and see if you get it, if you understand what I mean, grab your wrist with your hand, with your other hand. So if your left hand is open, Okay, flip it so it's palms up if you're doing it now as an exercise. And then take your right hand and clasp your wrist with your right hand, right? You can do that in front of you, right? Now flip-flop that and do it with your hands behind you. Okay. Okay, so if you're standing, standing up straight, and I would like you to assume a square position, shoulders back, Feet apart, not shifting your weight on either leg. Just square position. And I'll tell you why. And I, I use this a lot with um, with dogs that have to be retrained. Um, when you, I don't know if you know this or not, when you put your shoulders back and you square off shoulders and hips and legs, you're actually emitting more testosterone. The University of, Howard, of Harvard actually calls this the power pose. If you stay in this position for at least two minutes, just two minutes, you are emitting more testosterone, and guess what? The dogs pick up on the testosterone that you are releasing. So that is very important in being the alpha person. Okay, you have to, in more ways than one, show this dog that you are in control or that you are the alpha person, and he is now to, he now he has to respect you and listen to what you're doing. So I've got you in a power pose, shoulders back, 
hands clasped behind you on a short leash. The dog is on, doesn't matter, either left side or right side. But he, the, the, leash ha, the leash has to be short enough for the dog to stand by your side. Okay, so now if you begin to walk, if you walk, for example, and take one step forward and the dog comes in front of you, stop. Okay, stop, do not continue walking, wait until he sits down. If he doesn't sit down, then turn 90 degrees over so you're in front of him again and he's behind you. Do the step again. Continue walking in a slow manner until he learns that if you walk, he has to stay by your side. Okay, what you're showing him is pack leadership. It's another way that with the testosterone, your body language, you now have control of the leash. Also, when your leash is behind you instead of in one hand, you're not struggling with him. You're never going to win that way. With him pulling in front of you, you're never going to outdo him because he's so strong. He has to be by your side. Okay, so the leash is to your side. He is always to remain to the left or the right side of you. As soon as he crosses that, he crosses in front of you, you stop immediately. It might take you 30 minutes to do five feet. But this is an exercise that has to be done um, because he has to know that you're in charge and that he's not in charge. And this is what I would start with. I would start with the walk. And once you do the walk, it's the really subtle thing. No language and you're not looking down. Your head is up and erect. So you're not going to be watching him. You'll know right away if he's crossing in front of you because he's large enough for you to see in front of you. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if you do this extra exercise, I guarantee your walk will be better. Now, do you have? Um, is the collar that you're using is that adequate? Well, uh, we've got we've got two different collars, and the one that we normally would use if we're really going for a walk would be the um, the harness. And as far as I'm concerned, I think I think it's it's doing its job. Okay, like a pinch harness, you mean? No, just a regular, uh, like, class, um, nylon. Okay. All right, because I, I also um, have the, 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 what you call, like, a chain, a choke collar that okay. if he's going to the car. Okay. You know, in, in dog training, um, you know what they actually, what we use most of the time is we just take a regular leash and we just slip it through, so it kind of acts like a choker collar. So if there is pressure that is put on the neck, um, it, the dog stops instantly. And you kind of you don't you don't put the collar down low where the collar bone where our collar bone would be. It's not at the base of the neck. It's up right directly behind the ears. Mm, okay. So um, you, you you see this all the time if you watch dog shows. And you watch how all the trainers parade their dogs around. The leashes, there's there's something that is exerted into the brain that stops them from these stupid little reactions that they have a tendency of doing, which puts them out of control. And it totally puts you in control. So you can either use your choke collar or use just use your regular leash. And, you know, you kind of slip the the handle part of the leash through where the clasp is. So it acts mm-hmm. like a choker collar, and but put yeah. it right behind his ears. Yeah, you can so do. That I mean, the training goes. That's much smarter, I guess. But, yeah. yeah, I mean the harness. You know what? It's a regular harness. Is I like to use it, um, or or have it, you know, used for smaller or small dogs. 
um, because they're so fragile, their tracheas are so fragile and sensitive to, to the choking thing. Um, you know, it's it, it, that's really like I see that as, as you know, a, a great opportune time to use a harness. I also recommend for dogs that are well-trained using a harness, if you're going to use um, a large dog as a therapy dog and you're going to go into hospitals or, um, you know, or, or schools and bring your dog in to read to kids or whatever. And, and the reason I still keep the choker on them or a slip collar on them or a gentle leader on them, but the reason I put a harness on is for a different reason, and that is um, because they associate the harness with working. So I think your dog probably associates the harness with more with play and free yeah. time because that's what it's programmed now. So I would I would just kind of make those subtle little changes, and um, you will see a huge difference in the way that your dog behaves. Cool. Could I ask you one more quick question? Sure. If you, I was wondering if you were getting anything about uh, not sleeping in the bed with us. <laughs> he kind of takes over the bed, and we've been. Having, oh my dear uh, girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, conversation number two in leadership. Um, when a dog lies next to you in bed, it sees you as its equal. Now, some little dogs, you know, may or may not, you know, but you, you still have to assert your leadership with them. And, and let me just tell you about um, a client that I had because I don't want you to get to this point. So this guy comes and he has a dog that's part mastiff and he's having issues with the dog respecting him and listening to him, okay? So I go, okay, fine, um, let's see what's going on. Well, the dog is sleeping in bed with him, okay? But the dog is huge. The dog is taking over the whole bed. Whenever he goes to take the dog off the bed, the dog resists and starts growling. Well, it ended up that the dog started attacking him whenever he would, I mean, literally, this is a mastiff, and the guy wouldn't get training for it. He wouldn't listen to what we were, all the dog trainers were telling him to do. Uh, he wouldn't give the dog away. He, he had huge, um, huge gouges from this dog. Do you know what finally, what do you think finally ended up happening? You're never going to guess, but I'm going to ask you to guess. Hmm. Uh, did, the situation did not get better. Situation but not only did it not get better, it got worse. The guy is sleeping on the floor on the mattress, and the dog sleeps on the bed. Oh my goodness! Okay, well, because, it makes a lot of sense. Because he did not want to make the changes. Okay, so I don't want that to happen to you. You have a dog that's not huge, but it's a strong dog that has a lot of muscle. So I do see a lot of muscle. Um, but I will tell you that if you do not make this correction, this has to go immediately with um, with the with the walk. It, it's just not acceptable. Now, the the person that is going to have to make this change is you. Do you have a crate? Does he sleep in a crate at all? Uh, we need to get something something similar to a bed. Or so. We kind of make a pallet on the floor. <laughs> You, I'm sorry, you make a what? A pallet. Okay. Like with some blankets. He's got okay, that's good. So he has a bed. He has a designated spot, right? 
Yeah, maybe we we need to make it like a permanent spot, I guess. No, you have to, one day you have to decide from this day forward, this dog will not sleep in bed with me. So whatever that day is, that is the day that you have to make that decision and follow through with it. Because if you just say it and you skip around and one day you decide yes or one day you decide no, mix signals and he's going to totally take over you, totally. You're going to be worse off than you are now. You're going to end up like this guy on a mattress. So what I'm telling you is whenever you decide from now on and if, you know, someone else is in bed with you, you guys both have got to decide this is it, and it's got to be a packed deal. You know, there are no exceptions. You know, Brinks from now on does not sleep in bed with us. And what you do, and I know why people do it, you know, and that's that's all well and good. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you probably, you know, thought it was okay in the beginning, but I think what you have to see is when you have a dog that is is exerting um, these, you know, in-command uh, kind of signals, which is he's telling you, you know, uh, hey, you're not in charge. You're not the boss of me. I'm the boss of you. And right. I'm sure there's other ways that he's doing it, too, in your house. It's not just your bed, and it's not just the walk. I bet you there's two other two other ways. If you look around, whether it's jumping on other furniture, whether it's in his eating habits, whether um, it's if he has something in his possession, if if not now, ultimately it may result in him being possessive with something that he has and not letting you have it. So you kind of have to, you know, let him know immediately whenever you decide. It's got to be 100% of the time. Now, how to get him to not jump on the bed anymore, you're going to have to put a lead on him inside the house. And does he usually jump on the bed without you or only when you're there? Uh both. He pretty much lays on the bed all day long. <laughs> okay. And his and his bed is in there, right? Uh, well, the pallet we we kind of fold up the blankets and put them up at the end of the. You know, when we're making the bed, the pallet goes up. But I'm open to changing that. Well, you know, the other thing is, um, if he's never been in a crate, he may not adjust to a crate. So that that you can actually end up having more hassle than not. Um, if you don't want him to sleep on the bed, you can just simply close the bedroom door during the day when there's no one there or there's no one monitoring the bed and only make that open when you are there and then work on it when you're there. So if, if the door is closed all day and then you come home and you open the door, um, you open it with him being on a on a leash or a, on a line, not a retractable one, but, you know, like maybe on an 18-foot lead or something. And as soon as he jumps on the bed, you just pull him off and say the word off, um, you know, and just make it a point that he is not allowed on that bed. Now, the other thing that I would do is if he has any favorite toys of his, um, I would put them on his bed. Okay, yeah, that's a great idea. So he he's kind of, you know, he has a, a reason to go on his bed. It's, nope, no toys allowed on this bed. This is my bed, and OPS, oh, you're not allowed either. That's your bed. You've got a toy. And I would also, um, you know, the situation goes well right away, and he gets it. I would even throw a treat or two on his bed, 
you know, let him have something extra special. Um, I don't know whether you've, you know, tried any of those um, Kongs that you can fill with peanut butter or a bone that you can fill with peanut butter, you know, or something that will give him some time to work on it. Right. So he'll really soak it in. Yeah, let him, let him, you know, but on his bed, you know, on his bed. Right. And only after you've made it a point that, no, um, you know, you can't go on my bed. Now, I must also tell you that while you're doing this correction with the bed, if you have him on a lead and you're telling him to come off the bed, you cannot show any kind of emotion of frustration or anger because it's, it's, you may have to do it a hundred times. Um, right. But you just kind of got to go into this, monotone voice off 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 you know until he gets it oh i guess she really means off off you know you got to keep doing it you know and Mm -hmm. or whatever words you're going to use so he knows no and it's again it's it's going to be a little bit challenging because it is with these guys yeah great well i think that you've given me some great advice um I'm going to have a talk with my boyfriend and Brinks tonight, and we'll see what we can what we can get started as far as a new way of life around here. It'll it'll be great. I um not too long ago, about a month ago or so, I went out and I did a consultation with a couple. Um, and you know they just they had a lot of very similar issues. They had um, the leash thing. They had the bed thing that was huge. Um, they had an eating issue. They had a furniture obsession issue. Um, they had a, you know, a dog running away from the leash issue. They had a whole bunch of stuff. But what was really interesting, once they set their minds to it, um, you know, along with, I did give them my free meditation, you know, which is just centering yourself before you work with animals so you're not all frazzy and everything. Uh, once they did those exercises, everything just opened up, and I got an email from them last week that said things were doing great. The dog's no longer on the bed. They go for really nice walks and la, la, la. So it can be done. Just persevere. Cool. Well, I'll email you, too, if, uh, especially if we can stick to it. But thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. You're welcome, Cindy. Well, thanks a lot for calling. Good luck with you, everybody. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good night, uh, I think we've got time for one more caller here. Okay. Oh. Hello, Louise. Hi, how are you? Doing great, Hi, there. Louise. <laughs> <laughs> how are you tonight? Oh, I'm still trying to recoup, but, you know, hanging in there. Oh, uh, where are you calling from? Kansas. From Kansas. How wonderful. Tell me what you're recouping from. Um... Exhaustion. Um, I've had a bad bronchial infection for a few weeks and mm. trying to regain my strength and stick out with school. So, Well, I can tell you once you relax and calm down, you're going to feel a lot better a lot faster. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Did you have a question this evening? I do. I have two dogs that I'm... Uh, quite concerned about um, my older dog um, sometimes just starts crying nonstop for hours and hours and nothing soothes her and you know um, it's not a pain if I get out of the bed and 
you know, try and give her maybe a treat or something, you know. She's okay for like two seconds and then she has to get back into the bed and just cry. And she cries day and nighttime? Well, you know, it depends. Um, Sometimes whenever it is, you know, usually at night, but, you know, mainly uh, sometimes in the day when she sleeps. But she just cries. Hmm. And it, does she do this when she is moving or just when she's laying? Um, she, you know, she's just laying there. Hmm. But she doesn't cry when she's moving. No. And when she's, I'm sorry. Uh, what is her name? Salsa. My I'm name. Sorry, is what is it? And Salsa in the room, and they're both my dogs. This one is Salsa. Salsa. Okay. Okay. And how old is Salsa? Uh, 13. 13. And you've taken her to the vet? Yes, they said they can't find anything, you know, wrong with her. They've done even blood work and all. And, you know, they said she's actually in great shape for her age. And, and when did she free. start doing this crying, Louise? You know, it it comes and it goes, but lately it's been more than than go. And I'd say for a few months. And this is every day? Not every day. Um, okay. You know, just kind of at random. Okay. So you're noticing this um, because they're, you're in bed when this happens? Yes. Okay. And is she looking at you when this happens? None or trying to look at you? Not necessarily. Just she, she's wanting to be closer and and yeah, all over me. She even like climb on top of my head. She's yeah. a big dog. <laughs> she's a big dog. Okay. Okay. I, I mean, I, you know, it's I'm trying to um, so do a medical know. scan to see. I don't know if it's physical, medical, or if it's spiritual, or if she. Uh, I I just feel that something happens to you when you get into bed. And your energy shifts, and she's and she's aware of what something is happening to you, and so I'm, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Um, it, you know, it's it, it, it doesn't feel it doesn't necessarily feel that it's something medically wrong with her. Okay. Um, I know when my mom. Um my mom was very ill, still very ill, but not as uh, critical uh-huh. for the last nine months. And during that time, she would find periods and just, you know, first I thought maybe she was crying for my mom because she knew my mom right? Um, on a spiritual level. But, you know, my mom is um, alive and, and coherent and speaking at this point uh-huh. and looks like she is going to pull through her uh, episodes. Um, but my dog still, you know, is now doing these, these crying episodes. Like about three nights ago, she cried for at least six hours nonstop. Um, I didn't get to sleep at all. And and she's in bed with you when she's crying, yes. right? Yes. Be- yes, okay. She sleeps in between my husband and I. <laughs> wow, and who's sleeping at that point if she's up crying all night? Um yeah. <laughs> okay. A couple. You know, one thing I I don't know why, but I'm led to tell you this story. So I think I okay. think it's of significance to you. Um, this past weekend, I was working with um a group of 
folks that were doing a dog training class, and the dog trainer um, called me in, as he does sometimes. What I do is I put people in an altered state, and when they're in an altered state, I relax them, and they're they're with their dogs, and the dogs are on the leash when I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And um, when the people relax, immediately the the energy travels down the leash, and you could see the dogs relax. And it doesn't matter what is wrong with your dog, whether your dog's with it or not with it, there is a huge change, and the dog exemplifies exactly what the person is, is going through in a relaxed mode. So I had this one lady that was... Um, sitting down with her dog, as it was a small dog, and, you know, we're, we're right in the middle of, a, of, of the heavy part of relaxing. I have her already in an altered state, and I'm just putting her into a state of what I call calm, which is just totally floating. And at that point, her energy shifted, and as soon as, and I, I felt that I saw it because I could see when I'm working with people, her dog jumped immediately into her lap immediately and it freaked her out because she was in a very heavy trance at that point so i had to take the dog off you know she quickly went out again um but you're it's just another example of how when your energy is different or shifts your dog picks it up instantly absolutely instantly so you know, I know you said that you had um, a bronchial infection, which is kind of stupid because my question was, oh, do you have anything wrong with your lungs? Oh, do you have anything wrong with your breathing? Hello, you already <laughs> said that. But I I kind of validated myself because um, when I couldn't find anything with uh, salsa, I kind of went over to you, and it felt that what she was, she was almost – mirroring or bouncing or responding to what was going on with you. Now, uh, um, let me ask you this, too. Does your husband snore? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, okay, because you know what? Um, not only is is his breathing pattern shifts, changes, and it actually stops, you know, during snoring, you know, all yep. that stuff that goes yep. on. Yep. But yours has been um, contributing to that as well, okay, because you've been battling this this infection that you've had. Yeah. Um, you know, now the lungs are going to affect the heart. That's going to affect the breathing. It's going to affect your breathing pattern, yada, yada, yada. Um, so I was trying to pinpoint when, when this happened. Um, you know, my guess is that you've probably been fighting little – you don't have emphysema or anything, but my no. – my, but my guess is that um, you've been fighting. My husband fighting... has a, a disease that does. A, he has a. He's in the fourth stage of his disease, and a big part of it is his lungs and his heart. Okay, that's your husband, yes. not you. Okay. Yes. Okay. So that that makes sense. Um, she's just really um, very sensitive to this. Now, that being said, knowing that the vets checked her out. And I, you know, now let me tell you this. I couldn't find anything that was of significant, you know, you know, alert um, okay. in her. But let me tell you this, though. Um, if she doesn't want me to see anything, I won't. Okay. Okay, I won't. You know, uh, I will absolutely not see it. If she doesn't want me to see that, for example, um, you know, I was working with a dog not too long ago, and I'm, I'm you know, my track record's pretty good with this stuff. 
and I just did not pick up that this dog had cancer. This dog absolutely, absolutely refused to let the owner know and for me to know and anybody else, you know, and it wasn't until the vet came in and did all this workup that we find out she had cancer. Well, she yeah, was, she has a lot of fatty tumors, and, you know, when they get, you know, the decent size yes, I have them, you know, yes. aspirate them, and all of them have been fatty. None of them have been cancer. Yeah. yeah no, no, no. I'm not saying that at all at all about her. What I'm but saying like, about her yes. is that she is one of these dogs that, um, you know how they have dogs that detect cancer. They're very Absolutely. sensitive. You know, and, and again, um, we were just talking this about this. She is a healing dog. If I'm, I'm sorry? She is a healing dog. If yes. I'm hurt somewhere, I might need knee replacements, or if somebody is, you know, not right, she will sniff it out and let yep. you know exactly where it's at. Well, when a dog is that sensitive, um, they are they're going to be very sensitive to to key into their humans. Um, that this is this is part part of what's going on with her. You know, she's got a lot that she's in charge of right now. She's in charge of both of you guys. You know, uh, one is enough, but then you, you got two, and then you had your mom in the picture. You know, and these dogs do feel a, a solid sense of responsibility, you know, yes. for them to, to kind of, you know, cue in, and it's almost like they, they have to fix it. They don't know how to fix it. How are they going to fix it? Well, your breathing is off. You know, they almost go into an anxiety mode. Um, you know, yeah. that's where you're getting all this whimpering. It's like, it's it's almost panic. You know, if if she were a human, she'd be like talking herself silly. Well, I, I don't know how to stop it. Well, I don't I don't know. I, don't, I you know when's it, I, I don't know what to do. What should I do? I don't know what to do. You know, this is what I'm. If I was salsa, that's and I was a human. That's the way I would be reacting with salsa. I would I would okay. be in that anxiety panic mode. So what can you do? Okay, well, how about let's all get a good night's sleep. Um, we don't want to ostracize her and put her in another room or anything like that. But have you tried um, box flower remedies? What box flower remedies? I don't know what that is. Okay, you can get it at your health food store, some pet food stores. Um, okay. Carry it also. It's um, flower essence, and um, it's 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 you can get you can get rescue remedy also. Um, which is made by Bach Flower. Bach is a, the name of a of a family that founded that if you use the essence of flowers for certain types of healing, it works. So they have found that Rescue Remedy or Bach Flower Essences Rescue Remedy works greatly on a lot of dogs. You just put a couple drops into their drinking water, maybe at night, or into their foods. I mean, you know, it, it doesn't harm them. It is 100% natural. Uh, wonderful. Just... Yeah. I can I can let you know more about that, uh, too, uh, Louise. Okay, great. Yeah, so I mean, I, had, I think I'll give you a good night's sleep. We're about out of time. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Louise. Good luck. And, Michael, thank you so much for having me on your show. Uh, thank before you. we run out of time, now you're welcome, dear. Uh, how can everyone get a hold of you again? They can um, go to my website at www.cat-edu.com. You can also find me on my other website, animalreader.com, and or you can email me at joe at cat-edu.com. Well, thank you so much for a very interesting and enlightening evening, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. 
Okay, great. Thank you so much for having me, Michael, and thank you, everybody, for calling in. Have a great night. You too. Have a great evening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Don't forget, everyone, visit the website, BeTheLightMetaphysicalCenter.com. Tomorrow tomorrow night, regular time, 10 o'clock, we have uh, Kathy Beal. It'll be a very interesting evening. So until then, everyone, have fun, be good, and know that you are loved because God loves you and so do I. Good night, everyone.